What up, guys and girls? It's Bobby. And Sean. Coming back for you after the long break. Come back to the podcast. We are not co-located. I'm back in Jersey, back home. And Sean, where are you? Colorado. Colorado. So getting the- my fitness on at elevation, getting more white blood cells going. So by the time I get back to New York, I can really just get after my New Year's resolution of continuing fitness and domination in all boroughs of that city. Absolutely. Before we get started, I just want to give a shout out to Paragon Recovery for their supplements. Um, been I've been using them again, so I'm trying to get back and working out after this long hiatus, but we'll talk more about it in this week's episode. But uh, I use their supplements a lot. They're great supplements. Use the code Cronus for 15% off, and then if you're military or first responder, hit them up directly for an additional discount code. But uh, anyways, it's been a minute, Sean. Dude, it has been quite the minute, though I think you did something that is way bigger than probably 99.9% of our listeners out there, and I think we have to start it off there. I'll start off by saying congratulations, Bobby, and then please take it away and tell everyone exactly what awesome things you just did this last month. So, oh, you mean like before I went on vacation? Yes. Okay, so uh, mid... I can't remember what day it was, mid-December, like December 12th or something, I found out that I matched into my number one uh, residency program. So I matched into general surgery at Madigan Army Medical Center up in Fort Lewis, Washington, uh, in general surgery. So I'm pretty pumped for that. Definitely was like a uh, kind of a culmination of three plus years of med school at this point. Uh, so it's a good feeling. So now I'm just kind of chilling out uh until i graduate pretty much just wait until i graduate and uh start residency so what will your residency look like now that you know that you're going back up to the northwest sure sir so pretty much i will be starting that first week in june for like orientation back up at fort lewis and then starting july 1st i will become a surgical resident so that means i'll be a doctor in training uh, so I'll be doing like procedures, doing surgeries, uh, taking care of patients on the floors, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll be like a full, essentially doctor by then. Do you, uh, do you know, and the big question is which gym you're going to be using up at Lewis? I mean, are you going to get into the, the Thor facilities, the CRTF, or are we going to have to, to slum it on post? So, uh, well, the plan is right now is to start a sick garage gym. So, uh, I have a realtor right now. So that's kind of the discussion that we're having with the realtor about finding a house with like a two-car garage or like a detached garage that we can trick out with our home gym. Because we kind of have like a uh, a decent setup already. I've got the echo bike and this uh, ski erg. So I have like two big pieces of equipment. I just got to get like a rack, a bar, and some other shit. But I've, we're like halfway to a gym or like a pretty decent home gym already. Uh, but... I don't think I can get in the CRTF or onto the group compounds. So I don't think I can go work out with them. But Fort Lewis has some pretty sweet gyms. Uh, the one gym is like a great CrossFit gym. Uh, I forget what it's called. I think it's Sol- No. Jensen? No. I can't remember. Either way, great, great gyms in post. Well, you know, it might even be empty by the time you get up there with World War Three looming. You know, but... Before that kicks off, what other life-changing event did you do over this last month? So after that, uh, I went to Europe with my girlfriend um, on, I'll say, December the 17th. 
or 18th or something like that. Uh, did Europe, so we did Barcelona, Madrid, and then Lisbon. About four or five days in each place before coming back home. So we were gone for a pretty decent amount of time. But uh, in, what Sean's trying to get at is in Barcelona, uh, I got engaged in Barcelona. Woo! Woo! Rockets going off. Psh, psh, edit these back in, Bobby, so we get some really cool sound effects. Yeah, for, well, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Um, I saw photos, obviously, because we're boys. Uh, how did you get this photo set up in the whole process? So I kind of, uh, I thought about doing like this, like elaborate scheme of like hiring like a photographer, a local photographer, and like meeting up at like an undisclosed location, have like a photographer do it. But I was like, that's too much work for me. So I ended up uh, with just carrying the ring around. It was like looking for like a good opportunity or good place that was kind of romantic to do it. And then uh, we went up to um, the like Catal- Plaza de Catalun uh, in Barcelona, which is like a really scenic plaza that overlooks um, the art museum, the modern art museum, essentially. And then I pretty much just asked this random Russian lady to take our picture. And then while we were posing, I just got done and proposed. So it was like very unexpected and very spontaneous. And did you, did you like fumble with your words at all? Or did you know exactly what you were going to say? Did you like, was this like a, you know, a combined arms rehearsal where you like, I know exactly what I need to say. There's my script. Or did you just, just let it roll off the tongue? I kind of just let it roll off the tongue. I actually almost forgot to ask her because I like got down the knee and just like brought out the ring and, and forgot, almost forgot to ask. And then I was like, oh yeah, I got to ask. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was fine. It worked out well. Very spontaneous. It's good pictures. And how was the Barcelona food scene? Um, was it was it your favorite? What did you like about it? What was it for uh, you know gains purposes? If someone were to travel to Barcelona or España, what would you recommend to stay on their fitness goals? Oh yeah, so uh, just different as far as fitness goes. Christina and I didn't do shit. I didn't work out for like two plus weeks, minus one day in Lisbon. I worked out for one day at like a global gym in Lisbon. So I didn't work out at all, but we got like a lot of steps in each day. Probably got like ten to fifteen thousand steps a day, and uh, like ten thousand, like the low ends. But we averaged probably like fifteen thousand a day, and then we kind of just washed what I ate. So I kind of, I probably ate on like on a uh, at a negative at a deficit, uh, just because I didn't want to gain a bunch of weight on vacation. Uh, so I ended up like losing weight overall on vacation, but. Uh, we lo- I like love Spanish food and like Spanish cuisine, especially like, the tapas culture that they have in Spain. So that's like my favorite part of going to Spain is just like going to a random bar, like getting some beers and getting food and eating and drinking. Um, you know, paella is always good. Cheese is good. Meats are good. Pretty much everything's good in in Spain. So you got back a couple of days ago. Have you gotten your sleep schedule back on track? Yeah, I'm actually like pretty good on my sleep cycle. I think I actually, so I kind of, maybe it was a little bit intentional and unintentional uh, overseas, like on vacation. I was like, I wasn't able to fall asleep until like two in the morning, which is like 10 over here. So it ended up working pretty well that I was like sleeping late and like getting up like a normal time while on vacation ended up like, which translated into like going to bed early and waking up early here. So I just worked out pretty well sleep cycle wise. And you got back in time enough to see one, the Eagles just lose, which we'll, we'll get into shortly, but two, 
Dallas not making the playoffs, which I think is, for any Eagles fan, a close second to winning the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, that was great. Uh, Christian and I, we watched both the games uh, in Spain and in uh, Portugal. And that was great, watching the uh, the Eagles play against the Giants and win that game. That was awesome. I can't stand the Cowboys. I Like, if the Redskins come back next season and make the playoffs and the Eagles go... One and fifteen. So long as the Cowboys never make the playoffs, they're oh, yeah. always just like super hyped. I, I look at the Dallas Cowboys like the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Granted, like, well, you hear me out. Jason Garrett better than Kitchens, obviously. Uh, Dak Prescott way better. But where they have clowns in their organization is with Jerry Jones, and mm-hmm. then you have Baker Mayfield. Like they are both tremendous. I think idiots. I just saw another commercial for AWS today that was Baker Mayfield making some catch, you know, like the uh, Russell Wilson, like 3% catch where they did oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. analytics behind. It's like, how many more commercials does this guy have to be in for being a lousier quarterback than the Eagles backup at a, as a 40-year-old who just went into the game to play for the first time in over a year with yeah. his ninth team? I don't know. I'll give it to Josh McCown, though. That dude, like, put out today. I like can't you can't you cannot even blame him. I was really hoping he he would start opening up the throwing game a little bit more because yeah. I don't think he had any attempts beyond the one that got called for pass interference mm-hmm. that put us into the red zone. I don't think he had any attempts. He had a couple throwaways. Yeah, but I mean, there's no receivers. I know they're absolutely there's nobody out there, and Ertz is hurt, and you know they blew that fourth down uh, pass to Sanders. It was in his hands, and then you know he would have made it, but I don't know it. Yeah, they, their offense was slow all game, just like it was all season. Yeah. But the Cowboys didn't make it, so I, I'm all good. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. O- I'm okay with the effort. I mean, with the Eagles like win out like four games, last four games, make it to the playoffs, and then coming out and then putting up like a pretty good effort against a decent like Seahawks team. Like that game was definitely winnable, 100 percent winnable. You know, absolutely, and they were. The Seahawks were 11 and five, and they had a much better regular season. Yeah. I'm really excited to see the 49ers play. Mm-hmm. I hope they and the Seahawks end up in the NFC Championship game, and then the 49ers go ahead to the Super Bowl. I'm a little sad that the Pats are out, but again, just like the Eagles, they had offensive problems all season uh, behind some relatively good defense. But uh, the the Eagles need like a whole season to just shut down and, and yeah, reset reset that, that entire like the uh the training like staff needs to like go oh you think so yeah i mean they've had so many injuries this year so it's it's crazy i i totally forgot too that deshaun jackson played for the eagles because oh, yeah. <laughs> he hasn't been around since week one someone they, i think it was uh was it colin cowherd or whoever the the guy on nbc was broadcasting today Saying, yeah, and Deshaun Jackson at the beginning of the season was looking real, and I was like, holy shit. Like, that felt so long ago that he was on the team. Yeah. If they had talked about Thrash, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I remember when Thrash played for us. Oh, wait, you said it was this season? (laughs) Oh. Okay, sure, sure. And and, and Hugh Douglas was on the line? Okay, got it. Pinkston? Todd Pinkston was out there catching balls now? Holy shit, how many receivers did we get injured? Yeah. So, I just think that the training staff, I don't know what it was, like, terms of like training them or like working out or like or like the physical therapists but they need to like fix figure out what happened and change it for next year because like the last two or three seasons have been terrible and injuries 
what's been really bad with injuries? I mean, Carson Wentz, I feel for the guy. He's, when he's like the franchise quarterback, but I don't know how much further you can really lead a team whenever it comes to the playoffs and yeah. you're missing because of an injury. I mean, at some point, it's clearly not his fault, and I think that the late hit from Clowney should have been called yeah, like in real time watching tar- it. Yeah, 100% targeted. Yeah, like helmet to helmet, the guy was down. I, It just sucks for him, but he he, he didn't put up a great season this yeah. year. He came back and led the team to some wins, but it was against the Giants, the Redskins, and the Cowboys. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, if anyone knows, but the NFC East is uh, pretty dumpster fire right now. Garbage. Hot garbage. But it's going to be cool to see who comes out ahead. I'm looking forward uh, to some more fitness, though, and a quick snapshot for those that are following the meal prep workouts, the Ranger V3 Week 12. You have a 20-miler coming up on Thursday. Ooh. Uh, So be prepared for that. Um, we're going to take some of the intervals down a notch uh, this week, but you still have a 20-miler. And then on Friday, you're going to do a slightly different workout than you've seen for the last 12 weeks, and it involves swimming because Victory Pond should not be your enemy. And if you don't pass school because of swimming 25 meters, uh, that says more about you than the school. So let's get in the pool for the final four weeks of this program. Uh, before you ship off and report. Did people actually fail to swim? Yeah, there was the uh, surviving the cut from, oh, I want to say, like, uh, 2009 or 2010. Oh, yeah, that was a great series. I love that series. And there was I remember watching it, and obviously, like, 25 times before I reported. Uh-huh. And some guy was like, I'm just really glad I got this far. I gave it my all because he was, like, drowning in there and it was like his third or fourth try going back to school and having no idea exactly when the you know cwst took place (laughs) at ranger school i'm like oh like maybe it's like three or four days in or then you're like wait that's that's like 24 hours in like they took the rpft that morning and then you go do that yeah or the the next morning and so it's yeah the second day we didn't have to uh go out and touch the tab on that whatever like rickety platform walk thing because the night before someone went and cut the tab off of the uh, rope climb. So I was happy I didn't have to do that because I'm super tall and I would look like an idiot trying to jump over that little, that little beam. Wait a second. What a great like scheme to pull. If you're like, you know, worried about that, just have someone go out the night before and cut it down. Oh, we got like investigated because all of the RIs came and were like, hey, we want to know which one of your friends did this. We're going to find out. You're going to be gone. If they've been to this school, they're going to have their tab taken. We're going to get to the bottom of this, so it's better if everyone's just honest. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, I want to know who it was, too, because I want to give them a thank you. When I get my chocolate-flavored peanut butter, you're going to get it 10 out of 10 times because I had no desire to get more wet before like the slide for life or... Oh, yeah. You know, to do that again, the balance beam thing. Like you see people at Best Ranger just like running that thing. Yeah, I did. I had no desires whatsoever to stand up there with, at that point in my life, my chicken legs balancing my body. Yeah, that shit sucks. I, we, I I've always hated that obstacle. I've never been good like with heights to begin with, and then like doing the balance beam over the water really fucks with me. 
yeah, I that was the that was really the only thing physically that I I was uh, I was desperately trying to avoid, and then lo and behold, I showed up to the pond and it was missing, and it was like, wow, this is this How is a sign. I, I, yeah, I cannot recycle or be a day zero recycle because my luck will surely run out if I have to do this again in you know, like twenty four days. <sighs> hey man, are you going to? Uh, you going to give up going to med school to to go fight Iran? Uh, no, I'm actually actually was joking about it the other day with some of my buddies, somebody else, and I was like, "Thank God I'm not employable for another six years." Ooh, oh God, for for real? You can't deploy for six years? I don't think they typically will deploy like cert- like people in training to go. Because I mean, like, oh. it wouldn't really like help because you're technically. I mean, like, I guess. It's better than nothing if they were like really hurting for it, but I don't see that being like an like a thing, you know. I was trying to find out as if I was still on like IRR, and then yeah, aren't you on uh, IRR still? Dude, I don't know. I did like I did my eight years, and then like a couple months ago, I got a call, and I never got a call back. But it was like, hey, just checking in, um, like if you want to set up so we can get your paperwork going. Uh, and like do an APFT, and I'm sitting here like, what? Did I? I, I, I ETS correctly. I don't think I signed up on a block saying I wanted to join the guard or the reserves. I was really adamant about not doing this. I like, I specifically remember calling the guard recruiter who was like, no, this is a great thing. You should really stay in one weekend a month. And I'm like, huh, I don't know how hard school's going to be. And then fast forward to finals, and I'm like, I am so happy. I am not going to some random drill. New York. Yeah drill weekend like oh oh yeah but even too with everything going on and like iran people are like worried about the draft coming back yeah i don't know like why uh, people worry about that like i'm sorry america like as it is already there's only i think it's like 15 percent of the youth population could even serve right now as it is physically because mm-hmm. everyone's so out of shape yeah and exactly. is coming in with so you know many many medical issues that the army doesn't want to deal with. So it's it's one of those okay. We we see that you're upset uh, by the attack on the Iranian general, but don't don't trip over yourself and think that like you're the next hero that America is going to rely on. I know. Like this is not the same generation that responded to the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor or the German declaration of war. Like we are a much softer population. Yeah, like literally softer. Literally and literally softer, and then and, and softer when it comes to some of the military people because like all over social media you see these people that are like rattling their shields saying like yes like uh you know uh I'm gonna go get him sheepdog and sheepdog this sheepdog that and uh yeah I'm the protector of at night and it's like all these slick sleevers don't know what it's like it's like holy shit like what kind of validation do you truly need if you're in the military just posting this garbage online I know like nobody cares just, absolutely nobody yeah. cares. It's like no, like first of all, if you were like actually capable of defending, like uh, like being sent overseas to defend like America, you probably would realize like the the mag like the magnet uh the heaviness of the situation, and like you probably would die if you went to war with Iraq or with Iran, or like would be seriously fucked thing. up. That's the thing. Somebody posted a clip of our our conventional uh, comparisons between the United States and Iran and, you know, we dominate them in the air and we dominate them in armor 
and we dominate them in troop numbers and like every single metric, you know, we come out ahead. And then people automatically see it and they're like, oh, this would just be a conventional war and it'd be over. It's like, well, we dominate the air in Iraq and Afghanistan. And like, it doesn't really shift that much what's going on on the ground. So you can bomb as much as you want, but then it's going to go right back to a coin fight and you can't just be indiscriminate because it's not going to be considered a near peer threat or that kind of war. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a really bad precedent that we're setting to look at this kind of behavior from like a senior leader making these summary execution decisions to think like this is probably going to be the way going forward. So all these like Warhawk colonels and generals that have for years been like, yes, we got to go back. I need this deployment for my ORP so I make my one star or so I can get my brigade command. It's like, well, we, they, you know, we just killed a general. Iran says it's going to do something in retaliation against a, a military target of a similar capacity. So, you know, if you're a general officer out there, you got to be kind of, you know, biting your nails at some point going, am I the one that they come after? Like JSOC's (laughs) commander? Well, that's like like tit for tat. Yeah. That's like, that's like the equivalency of killing general Soleimani. Soleimani. Yeah. Soleimani. That's like the equivalent because he was what? The commander of the cut, the cuds Corps. The cuds. Yeah. Yeah. So their, their version of, of JSOC. And, one of the things that I would, you know, bring to the table in this conversation is they they had some sort of an idea that there was an imminent attack or they were planning an imminent attack on U.S. forces in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you're a soldier or an operator in the Middle East. It's kind of, you know, part of the job. It's an inherent risk. So if we know that there's a, an attack coming, you can probably do something to you know, prevent some of, uh, of the potential uh, fallout. It's not like they're attacking the U.S. population or the civilians. So if we're going to take out the, you know, General Soleimani, like the number two or three guy in Iran, why just stop there? Like, why not just go and assassinate the Ayatollah? Like, I, I don't know why we're playing games now because we've, we've entered a really bad realm of taking out senior leaders because can you imagine if Iran did this to us, if they just randomly attacked uh, our, our, the JSOC commander or a division commander um, because they were planning to attack, you know, um, ISIS-supported or uh, Haqqani-supported, you know, members of the Iranian Guard or, or something like, you know, out there. And all of a sudden, we'd look at that as an act of war. Oh, yeah. And this is, like, it's funny, like, the Warhawks are talking about it because, like, we... That was like an overt act of war against Iran. It wasn't like a proxy war. It no, and like, Iraq is pissed. Yeah, the, the parliament in Iraq just voted almost unanimously yeah, to, kick, to kick and expel all U.S. forces because we decided to play Jason Bourne on territory that we think we owned, but in reality, Iraq was like, "Nah, man, like, get the so, fuck out. Yeah, like, sovereign state. We don't play these games." Yeah, yeah. I'm still kind of curious to see what Iran's going to do because, I, I mean, personally, I, I don't think that Iran can not do anything in this situation. No, especially then when you come out over Twitter and say, oh, by the way, Iran, I know you want to retaliate, uh, but I've already lined up 52 targets. And it's not just 52 military targets. It's 52 targets, including cultural sites. So all of a sudden now you've brought the element of collateral damage for civilians into the game Mm -hmm. and if you're a senior leader in iran you can in no way shape or form just sit back and say okay we're gonna let diplomacy work itself out oh what's that yeah uh fuck the you know uranium enrichment program cap that you put on us uh that's coming off we're gonna start enriching the shit out of uranium uh 
we're going to start ramping up our attacks. And the fact that now that we've shown our hand and we're going to do this symbolic 52-target mission plan, like, that just shows that we've already planned this out, which is, you know, everyone knows we've already got these targets picked for decades. But to, f- to say that out loud as the leader of the free world, it's like it's not the America that people look to as, like, that beacon of freedom. Like, we look like bullies. Yeah. But at the same time, though, like, I don't – like, with Iran, they're still – they're also in a pretty tough position, too, because, I mean, they can't really – I mean, they're in a rock between a rock and a hard place too. That they that the regime they have is what is like the most unpopular. It's been a long time, and then um, like they have plenty of pro- like internal issues, like domestic policy problems. That you know, going to an an overt war with America is probably not going to help the Ayatollah or the current regime. No, and absolutely not. And I'm I'm all for like strong-armed Americans. Like, if this guy wants to play stupid games, he's going to win stupid prizes, and and that includes the general. But if we're going to take out a general on foreign soil, one, here's another thing. Why don't you, like, make sure that his remains don't get returned to Iran so that, like, it becomes a propaganda state TV event where you're showing his family crying over what's left of his body becoming a martyr and just stirring up even more controversy? Yeah. Yeah, not it's great. just we're we're making so many problems, and the fact that this comes at a time too when you know either this week or next week the Senate's going to start hearing the trial for impeachment. I mean, it seems a lot, and, and people have made the comparison to wag the dog, where the president comes up or does something extreme to take away from the current uh, focus of what's going on internally with U.S. politics. Yeah, very. Uh Good, po- good points brought up. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of curious to see what's going to happen uh, with it. I'm just glad that I am no longer really in a position to uh, have to deal with some of the consequences of that action for at least a couple of years. No, but guys at Bragg yeah. are, are getting stood up, you know, on that 18-hour recall, and they're they're getting blown out. And then you've got all the other soft elements that are getting back from block leave. I mean, so far, 2020 starting out real good. We've got potential for World War III. Uh, we've got Australia, which is, like, burning alive. Burning down, yeah. The Eagles lost. I don't know what more 2020's got to offer. Yeah, who knows? All I know is I have to go back into work tomorrow, which is going to suck ass, but... <laughs> oh, you you do? Yeah, let's go back in tomorrow. That's gross. Take the, I could take the 5 train and be in 5.30. Yeah, that's what I still have a a week plus uh, before I gotta head back to okay. the city and start semester number duo. Number duo, dose. It's so, five. Yeah. Um. Uh, what else? What's what else going on? Oh, I finally saw Joker. Oh, Christina and I we watched it while we were on vacation. What did you think? What a creepy film! I think Joaquin Phoenix should win the Academy Award for two reasons. One, as a fuck you to Jared Leto for being the absolute worst Joker and so that (laughs) his tenure as Joker is bookended by uh, Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix. So Mm -hmm. two guys that played the same role that got an Academy Award. Yeah. Uh, Number two, like, he was, like, emaciated. He had the craziest, creepiest, like, laugh like you know what's coming in the film or you have an idea of what's coming in the film like this uh-huh. is the origin story for the joker but like i was physically like 
just rolling my shoulders in like awkwardness, like, oh, please don't yeah. like this. Oh, God, I it's can't like believe palpable. this is happening. It's like palpable. Just like- gross. And oh, he did su- it's such an amazing performance. And mm-hmm. like, and, and for all the people that went and saw the movie and thought it was like a, it, you could uh, directly, you know, draw the line between what the motifs were for the film to present day, whether it's like the incels that were going to go and threatening to, to shoot up the movie theaters because the Joker's message resonated with them or it was about the current politics and mental uh, disease awareness. Like, looking beyond all that, which I didn't really catch in the movie, I thought the movie was just really dark. It was, like, gritty. I thought it was, like, another really good welcomed addition to, like, the superhero movies that have, you know, come and gone. Because before that, you had Shazam, which was kind of, like, kitty and childish. Oh, I love but Shazam. Had some adult flair. But this one was just... And at the end, when he's running through the hospital with blood on his shoes, like kudos whoever wrote this film like did an excellent job yeah no i yeah i, I agree like walking phoenix definitely should deserve the academy award for that um i was just the entire time i was just like it's like palpable and like it's so but it's just like the uh i thought it was like kind of the juxtaposition of like how beautifully it's shot like and the cinematography behind it so like it's like visually stunning but like the content of it is like so dark and depraved i thought it was a very interesting juxtaposition how they you know like put that up i i need to go to the stairwell that they shot that dancing scene the dancing on scene did you, did you say that the people t- get mugged on that on the sidewalk yeah i mean yeah they they were because all like the fanboys and girls went there immediately after that but now that the movie's been out for a while and i've like really taken my sweet time to watch it now i feel that that place is just going to be deserted and i can do my own photo shoot there you know, all I want. The next Cronus Fit, like, you know, fashion launch, I'm just going to have it, you know, walking down those steps doing the dance. to music. Doing the dance on the steps. Yeah, that's my favorite dance now. Like, when I go to a club, I hope people really just, they know what that's coming from. It's a, it's a, it's a dark and powerful movement. Straight from the hips. Straight from the hips. A lot of, like, weird... He doesn't use his hands much, which I like because, like, he kind of keeps that hand in a fist. And, and with my left wrist not being fluid anymore, like, I that I, I catch the feels when I watch that. I'm like, man, he must know my pain and my lack of flexibility and mobility. So this is a dance for me. <laughs> yeah, there's stunning uh, parallels between your life and the Joker's life. Yeah, like, he's... He's got long hair. I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't really chained to a radiator as a child, but yeah, you need your parents. I don't know. Yeah, now I'll have to. I'll have to ask my mom and dad. I mean, the the barracks in Germany when I grew up was pretty World War II esque. I remember heating pizza up on a radiator on a cold day because I didn't know how to use the oven. So there's a radiator uh, reference. Reference. So I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there for sure. I like the red suit. I'll buy one. And then if like, I go on a bulking cycle with, you know, a Cronus Fit program, then I can play Santa at the same time as being like, you know, not Jared Leto's Joker in a better version. Yeah. Those are sh- kind of shitty be Jared Leto. It's got to be shitty. You're in a, what, 30 seconds to Mars. Like you played a bitch in the movie Alexander with Colin Farrell. Uh, you're playing, I think, was it Mobius? The like anti-hero vampire 
uh, I think coming out next year. It's supposed to be like kind of Blade-esque. Yeah, I saw a thing for him where he's like, look at Jared Leto getting shredded. It's like, no, he just looks like a skinny fuck boy, you know, like he does in every other film he's ever been in. Yeah. But he was good. I mean, he was good in Wrecking for a Dream. I never saw it. That was a good movie. Never watched Wrecking for a Dream? No, but I will tell you what I have been watching. And uh, it's Love Island Australia streaming on Hulu season one. Uh, it's 30 episodes, and it takes place over a 45-day period oh where God. islanders come in, and they try to find love, and they pair up, you know, like five guys and uh, five Sheilas, as the Aussies call them, and they go through a series of really, like, cheap production value bachelor-bachelorette kind of uh, love triangles and challenges, and uh, the winner, the winning couple gets 50000 Australian dollars, which I think is like worth half uh, a U.S. dollar or maybe even less because they're, they're on the other side of the world. So I don't know what their currency is worth. But it's a great, great show. You should really just, before tomorrow and you go back to work, you should watch a couple episodes because I've gotten through 25 of them and there's 30 and I almost know who wins. That is, I can't believe you spend that much time on a TV show like that. The host of the show is Irish, uh, so he has some really great uh, narrator uh, capabilities that he's introduced to the Australian dialect, and then, you know, you have the Aussies and, you know, all of their cheeky behavior and, like, some of their awful tattoos and, you know, all of the girls have fake blonde hair, and I don't know much more about Australia aside from from that. That's pretty much the only thing they give away in the show is that they have different accents than i do sounds cool although i will say that christina and i did watch you season two have you seen have you heard of you no it's a netflix series it's pretty fucking good i'm not gonna lie uh okay recommend it i i could get on that but you know it starts tomorrow right no the bachelor Oh my god. Where have you been? Are you under a rock? I don't have regular TV. And I'm glad oh my goodness. you don't have regular TV. If you literally were to call me tomorrow night, I would FaceTime you the entire episode because that's how much I want you to know about Is it the Bachelor uh, or Bachelorette? Pilot Pete. No, this is the Bachelor. So we just finished uh the Bachelorette with Hannah Brown, where she sent Pilot Pete home. I think uh, he was, like, the second or third to get cut, and then the guy she was with uh, ended up being, like, unfaithful or blah, blah. I don't know. She was on Dancing with the Stars, and she won that. Pilot Pete, though, was the individual that she had sex with four times in a single night in a windmill in Holland, and now he is the new choice for The Bachelor, uh, being chosen over Tyler C., who was another runner-up of the previous season. Neither of these individuals made an appearance on Bachelor in Paradise, for obvious reasons that, you know, they were either dating uh, Gigi Haddad or waiting for this series uh, to begin, which is just so exciting, though, because, like, if you follow any of the Bachelor Instagram pages, you just, you've been counting this down for at least three months. Like, since they made the announcement of, you know, Pilot Pete, the six foot two, 155-pound hunk of a man uh, that will now captivate the hearts of all middle-aged women and teenage women alike. So this is really like a unifying effort that America needs, I think, given the, the difficult political environment that we find ourselves in. 
Have you ever met another person that actually watches The Bachelor? Or is it just like, you just assume that everybody does? I assume that everyone does, just like <laughs> I assume everyone knows that like I'm plant-based. Like I thought that was just something that after a couple minutes you just casually walk into. It's like CrossFitters when they meet. Like You can tell the other guy's wearing his Nano 4s and a pair of like Under Armour leggings. You don't have to say, like, I know you do CrossFit. It's oh, unspoken. Yeah. It's like, unspoken. I know people. Yeah. I imagine that all the best leaders in the in the world probably watched the the Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise because it's like really an insight as to what kind of America, you know, we want going forward. You can't see me, but I'm but that, shaking my head so hard right now. You're gonna watch it. Like I don't like I think everybody that's listening to this too deep down knows at some point they're just gonna give in. They're going to watch The Bachelor. They're going to watch The Bachelorette. If anything, it makes you feel way better about any life situation that you could currently be in. Hey, did the 20-miler ruck wreck you this week? Well, guess what? At least you weren't like Susie P that got kicked off the show for showing up in like bubble wrap and, uh, you know, told Pete that she loved him on episode one. Like, that's a plus. At At least you're not Luke P who decided that, hey... Like, I can barely power clean 240. I think I'm going to make it to the CrossFit Games, and I'm going to be vilified by the entire entire Bachelor series uh, fan base because of my strong religious views. It could be you, but it's not. So why don't you get back on the assault bike and finish those 20 calories that I asked you to do for the 15-minute AMRAP, and don't say anything else. Shaking my head. That's all I'm saying. It's a motivator. I don't know why you have to look down on people just trying to find love. They, they went on these shows. They just exposed their entire beings. Their social media is getting scrutinized. And they have to go on knowing that if, if they have to take their shirt off, it's probably not a good thing because they probably weren't doing, you know, the Cronus Fit Functional Series for six months leading up to it or, or taking, you know, any body weight supplements uh, going into the actual selection of the show where they have awful tattoos. I mean, like, you could just go on and on. This kind of stuff, like, just motivates me. It's like watching a guy in the gym that wears the leggings and then he has no legs and then he's just doing tricep extensions. Yeah, that motivates me. I'm going to go squat next to you. And if that's <laughs> your uh, lady over in the corner, I-, I know she's not watching you, like, try to pick up the 20-pound dumbbell to try to do lateral raises. Hashtag aka awkward. That's too awkward. Too much. But yeah, I'm back to my normal school schedule tomorrow. It's gonna be. That should be okay. At this point, I really like don't really care too much anymore because I like I'm pretty much just done medical school. I just gotta as long as I just gotta not fail my classes and I can graduate on time. So that's just all I gotta do. Just get by for the next four months. Which Do most be, people in your class know if, if they've got picked up for residencies yet, or is this around the same time everyone finds out? Uh, everyone finds out for civilians like March something. So I find my I find out like three and a half months ahead of time. Oh, dude, you better just like rub that shit in. Yeah, I'm gonna be super checked out, and like we're we're yeah. a MAGA hat. Just like just really try to poke the bear. Just yeah. like especially the week leading up to like the selections or the rejections like guys i i don't agree with this hat but i know it triggers you and the fact that you don't have a job next year it's 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 a, it's a great feeling but it's also going it's also kind of sad realizing that there are some of my classmates that probably will not match 
and as in they won't get into a residency period. There's always like one or two a year that doesn't that doesn't happen to. So I'm just that's kind of a sad thing about that. But at the same time, though, you know, you know the saying, the cream rises to the top, and like med school, that like everything else, there are shitty people in med school that probably shouldn't be here. Oh yeah, I think I think that's almost in every single school. I mean, like right now for law school, I'm going through all of the internship applications and looking to do stuff with either like local government up in the city or with, you know, like a federal agency, but people are freaking out. And I think because the first time, like when you're an undergrad, they do a lot at universities to, you know, individually meet with you and set up this career path and this progression, or you didn't even have to look for a job because you knew you were going to law school. But now that you have to actually physically go out and meet people Uh and engage with them, you know, and answering basic questions like off the star format, like people's winter breaks are getting wrecked by both grades and by the prospect of having to, you know, search for an internship this summer, which 99% of them aren't even paid. So like you're really competing against like the top 1% if you think you're going to pull in anything above $0. Yeah. But I think that's a good allegory for life. That's like no matter how good you think you are, there's always somebody that's going to be better than you are. And it's super humbling. And if you go in with that perspective, another thing, I, I was just up in Rocky Mountain National Park and I went on this great hike and I'm looking at like these incredibly majestic mountaintops and there's like a couple 14ers sprinkled in there and like they're just these giant granite stone cliff sides that are you know colored with the the you know little flecks of snow that have been just dusted on and then this giant wind comes up and goes over the lake and I'm sitting there looking at going you know what like next year or in a hundred years like when I am not here any longer someone's still going to come back and take a look at this so whether or not I'm getting great grades or bad grades or I wind up with a shitty internship or a great internship, in 100 years, whoever saw this site before me, they're dead. Like, and what they did or the lack of impact that they left doesn't really, you know, truly reflect on the lifestyle that they led. So I think that put it into perspective for me, at least, um, over this winter break, that, like, stuff is just... I don't know. It... it, as far as time goes, like one, the further you get away from a situation, uh, the the less of an impact it really does have on like your total life. So whether you're going through the military and you don't make or pass a school, or you don't pass a selection, or you don't get the rank that you want or the position that you want, like it doesn't really matter because in ten to twenty years, like the decision that you made yesterday won't have that much of an impact uh, on both the situation surrounding you or your actual life as long as you're doing something that makes you happy. So like I'm gonna go hike the shit out of a ton of stuff up in New York this summer. Um, you know, in next summer and try to hit up the Appalachian Trail for mm-hmm. as much as I can. That's good. That's great. Like Long story short, I'm going to hike more. Great perspective. Yeah, that's the only thing that I didn't really like about Europe. Well, just because in Europe, it's like there's not as much like wild, like open space as there is here. What would be your resolution for this year? What are your, let's say, uh, let's go your like top three like either work goals and then like top three like fitness goals when you're on the spot now. Man, I did. I, did we ever talk about resolutions and how I hate the concept of a New Year's resolution? Yeah, I think we did on like the second or third podcast. Yeah. So just for the record, I do not like the idea of New Year's resolutions because I think that 
it sh- you shouldn't wait for the new year to set like goals for yourself. So I'll I'll also humor the uh, the this discussion, but just let, let the record show that I'm not. I don't, these aren't New Year's resolutions. These are just goals of mine for the year that are not set every year. <laughs> Gracias for playing the game, Bobby. I'll play the, I'll play the resolution game. Uh, for fitness wise, uh, I think I want to try and do an ultra marathon at some point this year. I also Shit. want to uh, just get better at at like nutrition wise in terms of like balancing, um, becoming more plant based diet. So getting better at doing plant based. Uh, for example, today Christine and I we meal prepped twenty vegan meals for the next X amount of weeks. So that was the first time we've done like a vegan meal prep. And then third one for fitness is. Um, I'm going to try and get into the rhythm of waking up early, uh, to work out, uh, and try work out every morning before I go into work. So that's going to be another goal that I'm going to try and do this year or try and get done just because, uh, I know in residency, like I'm probably not going to have time to work out after work and I'll have to, if I'm going to work out, it'll have to be in the mornings before I go into work. Cause that's the only free time I'll like have guaranteed, so that's going to be kind of like, the, I think the direction I'm going to go in the future is just doing early morning wake-ups to work out. Um, and then you said three career goals? Yeah, career or, or personal. So like, you know, like going to Madigan and crushing life up there. Yeah, so I want to be um, probably the best intern that I can be in terms of always working, like being one of the hardest workers, you know. So I guess to to continue working hard and putting in the work. Uh, and then other things, it's going to be like to, you know, establish a new life up in Washington again, which would be kind of interesting thinking about it because, you know, it's like restarting over. Because I've been, I've, been, I've been living in the same spot now for four years. And, you know, in the, in the military, that's like unheard of living in one spot for more than three years, let alone four years. So it'll be... A nice change of pace but then i'll be there for a good amount of time i'll be there for at least six years so that'll be a nice change of pace too um and then i don't know what else I, what else there is maybe like to uh get better at the small things too in terms of like my daily routines getting better at you know flossing my teeth brushing my teeth putting on face moisturizer and face lotion Take care of Ooh, my skin. face moisturizer. Yes. Taking care of my skin, you know, wearing chapstick, being better at my vitamins, minerals, uh, eating more fiber, shit like that, you know. Chop feel. The that checks things. out. The, the small things. Okay. Yeah. So with the moisturizing stuff, I'll start there because uh, I've recently been moisturizing and uh, it feels great. Like I've been wearing sunscreen every day too. Which, wow. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, even just going out randomly, like, one, it keeps your skin looking young, uh, which is super important uh, in our line of work being influencers. So, you know, uh, the more time you spend in front of the camera, the better your skin has to look. Uh, with diet, I have to really start narrowing what I need to eat in order to start building muscle mass with plant-based because like I've plateaued with my weight now for the last like probably year to a year and a half. And I like, I can't, I don't want to give up 
having, and this is going to sound so fucking vain, I don't want to give up having a six-pack for the sake of bulking, but I want to be able to bulk and maintain a six-pack and still look good, and I don't know how to balance that with, like, the new diet, um, just because I haven't found, like, a really, really sweet resource yet that tells me exactly what I need to do so I don't have to try to, you know, plan it out and see what works for me. Yeah, I don't know, uh, like, vegan bodybuilding, like, diets or anything like that. Yeah, I don't, I haven't, like, I haven't found one, and I'm not going to pay, like, a yeah. hundred bucks a week for someone to tell me to just eat more tofu. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I already love how I cook my tofu and tempeh. Like, I'm, I'm zeroed in on that. Uh, with fitness, I, this is going to sound really weird, and I think our, our cycles are synced, because I would love to do an ultra. Um, the only problem with that is I fucking hate running anything longer than a half you know i i actually didn't mind running the marathon uh i didn't like mentally it was just like i i don't know i just i can't turn my brain off i don't like i didn't listen to music i don't actually one of my things i don't like listening to music while running because i think it like kind of messes with like your ability to like self-regulate and auto-regulate how you run and shit it's just be more like aware and mindful of your running and shit uh but i didn't actually didn't mind it i thought it was actually kind of peaceful just to like run for four hours <laughs> well I, I definitely agree with that running with headphones and if you're out there and like you see any of our running programs out there like i don't put it in there because <laughs> it's unspoken but don't run with headphones because if you're training for something for either a race or your headphones crap out or a selection or a school you're not going to have that technology available to you. Mm-hmm. And so if you've been relying on motivating yourself to some like Blink-182 or Weezer, when you go and you have to run and all you're hearing is your cadence and your breathing and all that noise from people around you that are in that same race, like it could be psychologically pretty damaging because you're not in like that comfort space. So get used to training in uh, terms of discomfort. But I don't know, man, like I just don't, I don't like running anything more than a half because then it's just like I get so fucking bored and like I can only look at my watch so many times to be like, yes, I'm right on my pace or okay, I have to drop my time by five seconds per quarter over the next two miles um, or this guy ahead of me is beating me. Um, And one thing that I couldn't get over when I was younger was when I would do these 10Ks or halves and then there'd be very fit women beating you Uh like, and that was like, you know, you're in the army. It's not like there are many women out there that are like super, super fit that are showing up a lot of men. And it's not like I was in a unit that had a lot of women. So, you know, losing to a woman on a half or a 10 K was like, Holy shit. Like I am not that good. (laughs) I am not that cool. Like she just destroyed me. How did she average a five fifty? Or a 545 for this entire race, like that is super impressive. I got to go back and work harder, but I don't want to do that in an ultra. That's even more like, oh, yeah. I hate my life. I hate running. Oh my God. Yeah. There's a woman that's already done the marathon and I just started running. Yeah. I probably wouldn't like start off with an ultra, but like when I was running the marathon, there was like this, I was running next to this like seven year old lady for a little bit and I was just like, wow, that's fucking wild. Or like there are like people that run the Philadelphia Marathon. They have like they give out like jerseys to people that with like X amount of years. This dude was running like a fifty year like jersey. And I was like, holy shit, this guy's been running the marathons for fifty years. Dude, when I was in Savannah, I ran the Savannah Women's Half Marathon, 
which I thought was like a, hey, support women, like, go team, everyone's here. And I showed up to registration. They're like, uh, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm here to get my stuff. Like, is there a s- swag bag or anything? They're like, no, this is, this is a race pretty much exclusively for women, <laughs> H- hence what? the name. I was like, oh, they're like, here's a bumper magnet, though, if you want it. Uh, we don't have any shirts your size. Wait, really? shit! You did this? Yeah, for yeah, I did this, and so uh, and I didn't. Uh, at first, they weren't going to give me a medal for finishing the race, so I'm running, and uh, there was a running store that was around the street from my house that, like, I would go to pretty regularly to either get like shorts or like running gear, and so I knew a lot of the the store managers, and they were in the race as well. And I remember like a mile six, uh, I start coming around. Uh, the park and Daffin Park, and they're like, hey, Sean, how's it going? I'm like, can't talk, ladies. Like, got to go win this race. And so I take off, like, super cocky because, you know, it's like a 10K at that point. I'm thinking, like, whatever, I'm going to start turning it on. And I'm passing people, and they're like, way to go, man. You're the number one dude in the race. Like, you're beating all the other men. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, whatever. Like, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm such a supporter for women. And then mile 11 comes around, and these women catch up to me, and I'm now, like, fucking dying because I went out thinking I was running a 10K. <laughs> and they're like, come on, you can do it. Like, run with us. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, no, for the love of God, just go, move. Like, get ahead of me. I'm, I'm really fucking bad right now. Like, I don't want your support. I appreciate it. I don't deserve it. I'm a piece of shit. I am lower than dog shit. Just keep going. And then, sure enough, I, I don't know what I finished. I think, yes, I do. I think I finished top 10 in that race. But I got beat by a lot of women that had a much happier time running than I did thinking I was going out there, like, setting the land speed record. Yeah. Um, it's always a good But fools. I didn't get a medal. You did get a medal? Yeah, I did get a medal. I, I ended up, like, being like, hey, like, I tried really hard. Oh. Like, can I just, can pre- I please just have a medal? medal. <laughs> yeah. And then I put the magnet on the back of my buddy's car, my fellow platoon leader, uh, in Seaco. I put it on the back of his uh, car, and he didn't realize that for about two to three days until I got, like, a fuck you text message with the picture like when did you put this on here and i was like it's been there all week man <laughs> like i i don't know what to tell you but you're a supporter for women's running in savannah now it's the worst thing to be supporting of yeah yeah way worse like psyops or ca <laughs> uh oh, man i i loved the great meme war by the way dude that was like, a great meme war i don't know if people if, know if, yeah, if you don't know, uh, there's a, an Instagram page called, like, That Guy in Your Seminar, um, which for captains is, like, when you go to a career course, uh, you have your seminar group, and people go through. So he started this, or she started this meme page going through, and, like, some of the stupid shit that the, the captains do, which is all just really embarrassing, um, because a lot of it is just tab-shaming the armor officers and the infantry officers that didn't get their shit together uh, prior to showing up. And then there's uh, the staff morale page, which is run by, uh, I think, an infantry officer who doesn't have a tap, but they went back and forth, like throwing some really personal jabs at one another. Like I was, I was shocked one of the pages didn't just like quit Instagram. Yeah, I was like, yeah, what did I? I still don't understand like why this guy was like. Also, I don't understand how people like give this thing like attention because it's like, 
a your group 16 untabbed infantry officer and some fucking random 03 in maneuver triple c which doesn't mean anything either <laughs> like yeah, two, who, two nobody's who arguing who, who who from the staff morale uh you know heaviest hit was like uh an sfas failure or a, a you know peered out i don't i don't know what you know, uh, validity was behind that statement, but these two guys were just going back and forth and like everyone is just weighing in. And like, I kind of got back to some of the things that we talked about when we first started Cronus fit was like the, the tab shaming and like, they were going at it hard. And like, from one angle, like as an infantry officer, you're like, yeah, if you're an infantry officer and you don't have it, like die. And then from the perspective of an adult, you're like, no, you know what? Like, if someone needs help to get it or to go through and they want to continue working on it, like you should kind of push those people up and like try to promote that, you know, take advantage of the situation that you're in and and better yourself. But like, it was, it was some like really old school, just drawn out hate fest. And then all the other Instagram pages were getting in on it. And just the, the memes that were coming out over like a 72 hour period were pretty brutal. Yeah. Very brutal. I'm just like, I'm just glad I have my tab. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's like a big thing, but it goes back to like uh, the whole stuff with Iran. I mean, like the recent stuff that was out there was all these guys that are just posting pictures of their tab and their unit and that whole sheepdog thing, and it's like that tab is now validating you. And like what I think you said, podcast one or what we talked about, like the the mindfulness piece. It's like you can't define yourself by one thing. Like you have to define yourself as a series of actions that you take and not just a title. And I think people really still have not gotten over that kind of immaturity with, you know, earning some badge or some tab while they're in the army. Because when you get out, nobody gives a shit. Mm -hmm. Like really, no one gives a shit. Yeah, it's like that. uh, Yeah, just being like not defining yourself by a single characteristic or achievement that you might have had yeah i mean like and I'll, I'll tell everyone that's that's in right now it's thinking about getting out when you meet a civilian if you've seen you know any d-day movie or band of brothers whether you were a tanker uh an infantryman a chemical officer like everyone thinks you did the same thing and it's really embarrassing when somebody asks you or you talk about it like, they can tell when you get offended or when you, like, try to puff your chest. Like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you what I really did. Like, they didn't really give a shit to begin with. So, like, don't don't waste your time. Just be happy with what you did. Don't let stuff define you. You know, go make a change. Be, you know, be better. Yeah. Or at least have the self-awareness to be to realize that you are, like, puffing your chest or reacting with what somebody else is saying. And then having the maturity to be like, you know what? It doesn't really matter what, you know... It doesn't really matter what somebody else thinks that I did or did not do. It's not it's not their life, it's my life. Right. And the only time that can you you can really shame someone though, and this is uh not the official Cronus fit position unless Bobby comes in and agrees here, is if they're in the Navy. If they're in the Navy, shame them. Crush them. Destroy them. If they went to the Naval Academy, do all those things. I didn't go to West Point, but like I still don't like them. So like, unless they were a SEAL, at which point they're probably, like, on a talk show or selling you a book, shame them. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. 
Although they're I, not in the army, fuck them. I would, although uh, being a Navy pilot would be pretty cool, though. Okay, if you're not Tom Cruise and you weren't a pilot at Midway, fuck them. I just want to be Top Gun. That'd be sick. That'd be. Have you thought? Have you ever thought about how sick it would be to fly at supersonic speeds? Dude, I thought it was sick to fly like just flying around with every conventional aviation unit and, and the one sixtieth. We're just like, oh my god, yeah. like I'm I'm gonna go walk my ass off to the point of exhaustion. I am so tired and hungry. And these guys are just like. Oh, yeah, I saw the football game yesterday. I got, you know, like 10 hours of sleep. I'm totally awake, which is like what you want in your pilots. But you're like, God, I hurt so bad right now. Like, yeah. why did I make this decision? Man, sometimes I wish I, like, or wondered if I'd, like, if things could have been different and I wouldn't become a pilot instead because I've been fucking dope. To, like, fly. What branch would you have gone if you didn't go F.A.? Uh, Army-wise? I don't know, probably infantry. <laughs> Solid choice. Solid choice. Uh... But just like choosing a different service, if I should have gone to the Air Force or the Naval or Navy to go to like fly, how sick would it be to to fly like a fighter plane, like a fighter jet? How I don't sick know. Would that be? It's got to be so cool. Like watching the new clips for uh, Top Gun Two. Yeah, man, that shit is fucking like all, nuts. All of the aerial uh, photography is done by real naval pilots. And all those like extreme things where they like flare up and they like come to a dead stop in the air and they do all that shit hitting the hard deck and I'm just throwing out random naval terms now and you know horizon like whenever they do that stuff like that's real life like that is so cool or watching like the Blue Angels yeah. do their like really close formation flying like that's bad ass and then I'm just sitting here like complaining that my boots are too tight yeah it's like, like uh, I'm, I'm a bitch. Yeah, it's like it, it might be cool to have a Ranger tab, but it'd be really cool to fly supersonic, and that would be really cool to do. Well, there was a there's a ski patrol dude that's up in Breckenridge, and I remember last year I'm sitting on the chairlift, and he's got like the incredible like AT binding set up, and he's got like the skis that every like ski nerd would want. He's got this badass helmet. He's got this like really just awesome old man like scaped beard, like just gray. Like, you know that if your mom or your grandmother was around or even your lady was around, like you would be in a losing fight against this man because he is just so damn good looking. Mm -hmm. And I start talking with him and find out that not only is it so cool that he is, you know, a ski patrol at Breckenridge, um, he was a naval pilot for like eight years, which I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. And I was like, what, you know, what did he go and do afterwards? And he was like, then I went and did uh, investment banking. Uh, and I'm like, Oh God, like this man is like, he is very cool. Like, please don't say anything else. Cause you're going to embarrass yourself. And he goes, yeah. And, uh, I live in one of the houses, uh, next to the gondola. And Bob, you remember the houses that oh, we yeah, went yeah, up yeah. next, those giant log cabins, like that's his life. He wakes up, he probably slays without Viagra because he's just so fucking cool. And then he goes and skis all damn day on top of being like a former naval pilot. I'm just like, oh, I got to get my shit together. Like, what am I doing? All my friends are doing such cool things. You're at med school. Uh, but Brian's a Green Beret. Like, I, I suck. I have to do something. Like, that was just another catalyst to wanting to go to school because of guys like that and you assholes. Wow. Yeah. But that goes back to like what we said earlier about how there's always going to be someone that's going to be stronger, faster, smarter, or just better than you are. No matter what you do in life, there's always going to be somebody better than you. 
Never good looking though. I, I'll stand by my power nose. Like that is, the, I'm pretty good. Very royal nose. I'm I'm pretty. The Roman I'm pretty. Nose. I'm like, yeah. Like if someone were to see me, they'd be like, he looks like a mix of a Viking and some poor English slob that got wrecked on a pillaging voyage out of Norway. Like that's it. That's me. But super good looking. Without red hair, I just got to throw it out there. If there's any misnomers out there, I'm not a ginger. <laughs> but technically, technically not. I uh, no, I take that back. I think on one of my ID cards, it had red hair as like a listed uh, listed hair color. I gotta get a new card. Hmm. Anything else? Oh yeah, I was gonna talk about this about Europe, but uh. Did I, I told you that I lost, like, I got down, like, 185 pounds in, at one point in Europe. Yes. Yeah, because you went there at, like, 200. Yeah, I left around, like, 205. I think I was, like, lost, like, 15, 20 pounds in Europe. But I think but I was also sick one day, too. Did I tell you that I was sick the day before that? Yeah, like, for three days. Yeah, I was sick for, like, 36 hours, like, two days. But yeah, it was a r- rough trip. Rough trip. Well, it sounds like you got engaged, like... Hashtag, it's over, exclamation point, fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> you did a good thing, Bobby. About time. And she's she's cool as fuck, too. So, like, I didn't want to tell you, you know, before you did this, but, like, she's equally as cool as you. I didn't want to, like, you know, have you think that you can't get engaged to her because she's so cool. Mm-hmm. But now that you're engaged, like, I can tell you, like, she's cool as fuck. Oh, yeah. She seems cool. She doesn't listen to these, so it doesn't matter. She's never going to find out. (laughs) (laughs) I always hope my mom listens to these. I showed her how to set up the podcast. I showed my dad how to set up the podcast. You know, but uh, not once, not once have they been like, hey, uh, I really enjoyed that that very shallow analysis you did of the week's worth of news. Because I haven't watched the news. Right, Sean? Thanks, Mom. That's all I wanted was that validation. (laughs) Yeah, I know for a fact Christina does not listen to this. Oh, and you've said such nice things about her. Like, there's a whole series about you getting engaged. Yeah, but she's not going to listen to it the other way. Yeah, so it checks out. Hmm. What else is there? Any cool? Anything else for this week? No, I'll have the the weekly dispatch up next week before I start the second semester. Hopefully have something on... You know, not World War Three uh, taking off. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, then we'll we'll get back to our our weekly scheduled podcasts, uh, trying to keep all the Cronus fam informed, um, and getting everyone set for a great year of fitness. If you do do resolutions, I'm sorry that uh, we shit on them, but <laughs> we also uh, we don't live by them. So if you have resolutions, Cronus Fit's not for you. This is a lifestyle. You should do a uh, if, a deep dive in Iran. That'd be a good topic. I could, yeah, I could, I could definitely do that. Um, you know, but I don't know who's listening because you know, like we're pretty influential. Yeah, also, like I try to stay in my lane with all these things, and then <laughs> try to stay in my lane. Yeah, you got to stay in. Like I'm not in the army anymore. I can, I can walk all over the the toes of the field grades that are, you know, getting their uh, titties twisted yeah. because. You know, they don't like what a former captain had to say. 
Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna, I gotta do one for this week. I like found an article I'm gonna talk about. Uh, I think I'm gonna talk about intermittent fasting this week. Please do that. Also, Bobby, Mister Soon to Be Doctor, do one on bulking for vegans. Like, I desperately need it. You just gotta eat a lot. I don't know. <laughs> and I'll more. talk to you about malpractice and law for that. Uh, we'll do a trade, just okay. an internal trade, not to benefit anyone else from the Kernisfit fam. Just you and me. Well, now that they tit one, for tat. That is Quick actually a good, good point because they did um, the one guy. They got the amendment to the Ferris Doctrine uh, passed. What's it called? The the state state act, statement act, or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? No. So you know how they the Ferris Doctrine. Uh, Ferris I'm, Doctrine. I'm in my first first semester of law school, bro. I I I can barely tell you about torts. Oh well. Anyways, uh, they they had this new um, law that was passed by uh, this one Green Beret that was like had lung cancer. Did you ever hear about this? No. Uh, hold on. Let me find this fucking uh, the actual the, the terms, the actual guy's name, so I don't sound like an idiot. Okay. So the Stay Scale Act. From Green Beret, starting first class, Richard Stayskull. Uh, pretty much Congress pushed through a bill uh, introduced in Congress that would pretty much allow service members to um, sue the government for medical malpractice uh, due to improper medical care. So, like, Oh, like, shit. Yes, I did. This is like from a month ago, right? Yeah, this was like last week. Okay, yeah. I did see that. I, I kind of, uh, I agree with that because like for the, not to get into like another segment, but like the, for the longest time, it's been like a, a running joke about not wanting to get help because all you're going to get is Motrin and uh, they'll like refuse to do surgery on you. Yeah. Like you've torn your ACL, you're going to have to wait three months to get surgery or they don't even send you to get an MRI. They, they give you an x-ray and they're like, oh. We don't think you tore anything. Well, no shit, dude. It's an x-ray. Uh, if you want an MRI, you have to get your first-line supervisor to sign off. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? What is what is this random captain going to know about this? But, yeah, so that's, like, in the, in, in the, pa- in the, uh, on the docket. Uh, I'm surprised that you didn't, like, hear more about it. Let me see. No, when I was looking into stuff for... For like veterans' rights and stuff, I'm still trying to like do more of a deep dive after the last podcast into more of the the VA mm-hmm. since they changed up some of um, their like service capabilities to try to streamline it, and then you know talk about exactly what gets you uh, a, a higher disability rating, um, and, you know, like what really qualifies you for for different things outside of general care uh, for life, you know, whether it's like an injury that. Um, was exacerbated prior to uh, your exit or, or after, and what that means. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Yeah, I'm just looking at the bill. It's so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, are you saying out in co- when do you come back to New York? Next week. I'll be back next week. Uh, I'll get in. I have like. 48 hours to, to reset, kind of change the room up a little bit. 
got like a second monitor I'm going to set up. And then gotcha. uh, I think I had like I think last semester I read something like 3,500 or 4,000 pages. Uh, so I just need to get back in that mindset of, of reading. Not of reading. I yeah. hate it so much. I could get back in reading too. What I was actually was doing over break, I started downloading like, because through like med school, we have access to like online books and shit. Uh, so I, what I've been doing is just going on to our, like through our, to our library, our online library, and then downloading all the textbooks I can, because like textbooks are like 200 plus dollars for some of these textbooks. Bro, I just, I just just spent 650 on textbooks and I still don't have like two for class because they're like, don't buy them until the first day. Yeah. Like, and, and they're all but one are used. Yeah. Oh, speaking of reading, before we sign off, The Witcher on Netflix. Holy mm-hmm. shit! I'm like I'm I've been okay reading on it. I, I'm not super into it. I think it would be like a much easier thing to get into, especially with the timeline like jumping back and forth before it like culminates. I think in episode nine, um, the books did the same thing. It is so refreshing to watch a series that that sticks very closely to what the author intended and like oh, didn't take yeah there's there's a series of books there's oh it's a game uh, no it's a game too but it's based off of this i think he's a polish writer like one of the books is like blood of elves which just sounds super dungeons and dragony <laughs> um but i mean the the books are like Geralta rivia is a badass semi-mage, like, warrior, mutant, and uh, I think Henry Cavill was, like, an awesome pick to to play the character. There's some things that they did in the in the book uh, a little bit different than the Netflix show because I don't think the Netflix show could get that big in the first season as far as, uh, like, what kind of scenes they go to or how many characters they bring in, like, especially the uh, episode about the dragon. Like, the book was uh, slightly different. But it's so much better than Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god! Like, I hated Game of Thrones for the last three seasons. If The Witcher stays on course like this, I think The Witcher is very closely going to outdo The Bachelor and The Bachelorette as far as my attention span. Yeah, I don't. Just to bring it full circle to The Bachelor. Yeah, I, like the first couple episodes, I'm like, it's not bad. I can see, kind of like it, but like, I don't just don't have any, like frame of reference for the entire series. So it's just like kind of, I don't know. It's like, I don't mind it. I'll watch it like in passing, but it's not like once something that I'm going to binge. Like we binged um, Don't Fuck With Cats. Have you seen that yet or heard about that? Cats? Yeah, Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix. Oh, no, 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 no. I will not watch that. No, sir. Uh, someone told me about that. Cool. It is really good. No, I can't. I don't like cats to begin with, but what the guy does to cats, like ugh. you don't, you don't ugh. see it. It's like, oh, it's more about the story of like this guy. It's, it's pretty interesting. I'd recommend it. It's only three episodes of like an hour each. Okay, well, it's gonna be again really hard for me because, like, tomorrow's The Bachelor, and the night after that is Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, I'm trying to think what so. else was good on Netflix recently. We also watched Jack Ryan season two, which was okay. I didn't watch it. I like after I watched the the first season was so good and then watching like some clips of season 2 I was like I'm not doing this. Like Yeah, it's not ba- you just had to like suspend disbelief a little bit. I don't understand how a, a a a nerd that like wrote at Princeton that was a CIA analyst all of a sudden becomes like 
this unit operator that just goes out and, and does these extreme things. Yeah. Like that was that was too far fetched for me. It was interesting. I'll put it that way. I just I just dis- suspend disbelief a little bit because it's like it's still a pretty entertaining storyline. I'll put it that way. It's very entertaining, but definitely not like accurate. <laughs> true, true that. I won't watch it then. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, I think that's. I think we'll probably wrap it because I gotta get to bed soon. Yeah, nerd, go go to bed and and dream of an Eagles victory. Yeah, I'll wait until next year for that. I think I'm gonna watch a documentary on food tonight. Uh oh, I, don't, I haven't watched any good documentaries on Netflix lately. I'll but find I, one. Yeah, I'm sure you can find something. All right, well, uh, this will do it for this week. Um, If you have the time and the resources, uh, please go help out Australia. Uh, Almost 500 million animals have died as a result of wildfires that are three and a half to four times larger than the largest wildfires in California. Um, And the fire line would take up uh, from California and New York back again, almost all the way across the country for a second trip. So if you can help out, uh, please do. There's, there's tons of pages online to do that. Um, so I will see you guys next week on the weekly dispatch and then another follow up with Bobby, but that's all I got from me. Uh, Bobby, I don't have any pitches. I got some more functional fitness coming out. Um, that's about it. I don't know. No more stuff coming out for me. Sweet. All right. Catch you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye.